0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer.
0: Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Jed. We all wish we could sing like any better and heart, son. Do me a favor here, uh, Brendan. Uh, we're going to extra this, this show today with that song. So if you can pull it up from the beginning uh, instead of just a quick little instrumental interlude there. This is Oilers Now, where I can tell you that Royal Pizza, pizza Past and so much more, Edmonton owned and operated 49 years. A staffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca. You can download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. I know Mike Hanley from Royal Pizza. Let me tell you this right now: if I ever was to think of a guy who 15 years ago never thought of himself having an app, uh, it would be Mike. The guy doesn't even return text messages, so that tells you all you need to know. Like, there's, you know, guys that just don't ever text back. Do you have a guy like, like, I, I, you know, um, you know, I don't know. Like, there's just some people that there's some people that won't take calls, but will always text. Brendan, you're laughing because that's kind of what your generation does, by the way, right? Yeah, we're bad for that. And hey, if you're sitting there thinking, "Oh no, I don't know anybody like that," you're probably that person who doesn't text back. Yeah, yeah, I know. I try. I have a rule that if somebody texts or calls I, that I know, uh, I try to uh, I try to get back to them within an hour. Uh, on Twitter, it's a little bit different uh, on the request stuff, especially when somebody sends you a picture because you're worried about what kind of picture it is, and you might not necessarily want to open. So You guys know what I'm talking about. We're going to get to Tom Rennie momentarily. Uh, here we go. I want to get to some Heartland Fort decks. Heartland Fort out in Fort Saskatchewan. B says, Bob, is there any chance Berkey could co-host a couple times a week? What an addition for your show. He's a beauty, especially that he calls himself a Canadian. We don't have the money to have Berkey co-host the show a couple times a week. Uh, Jared from Barhead, very interesting, awesome to have Brian Burke on the show. Uh, This text from Ren out of Edmonton, you know, I used to absolutely hate Burke when he was in Vancouver, and Anaheim, and Toronto. But between the whole story with his son and now hearing him on your show, he tells it like it is and holds no punches. I absolutely love the guy now. I can't wait for his segment. Well done. That one comes to him from Rent. I get a lot of that around town. People, he's just, he's a big, I'm telling you right now, if I'm at Sportsnet, that's the guy, like, with Don Sherry. You know, I, I just... You know, he's in his 80s now, and we don't mean to be rude to any. I mean, there's there's guys in their late 70s that are... Sharp. Ryan Nugent Hopkins got an older father. He's beaten cancer before, which is part of the reason why Ryan's such a grounded kid. He's not a kid. Ryan's a man now. He's 25 years of age. But Ryan has always been mature and wise beyond the years. And his dad, Roger, is part of the reason why that has occurred. And he is as vibrant and is in greatest shape as any guy you could meet at that age. Like on the, on the father's trip, you would have not guess that he's as old as he is, but uh, man, he's sharp dude, and so I'm not an ageist, but uh, when it comes to a succession plan, to me, the guy that would be the perfect guy to replace Don Sherry is Brian Burke, Brian's goal, there's no question about it. Uh, Jordan in Calgary says, Bob, do you think the owners could uh, fish Yanmark out of Dallas as a third-line center option? Yes, I do. I'm looking at Dallas. They're deep up front. They did lose Jamel Smith on waivers today. Uh, Boston picked him up. Um, you know, if the others hadn't picked up Zekoff before, I think there might have been some interest there in Smith. Uh, Smith's problem has been sustaining it. He's pretty good for three or four games, but he can't sustain it long term. I'm going to be interested to see what Zekoff could do. And, again, if it's a uh, thumb injury for Kajula versus a finger injury. We might be talking a longer period of time out. I have no idea. And again, even if I saw something on the plane, I wouldn't tell you. Uh, You can text us at 630-630. What's some... uh, Reggie in Red Deer says, Go Leeson. I think he's referring to Brett Leeson for making the World Junior Team. He's got a great chance to make it. Uh, well, Bob, uh, the McDavid goal was nice, but at the same time, the R&H shootout goal was equally impressive. His patience and hands were incredible. The media starts to recognize needs to start to recognize the players that also contribute uh, to uh, any success that the owners have had or will have. No doubt, Connor is in a league of his own, but as a player, Ryan Nugent Hopkins just keeps pushing the limit. Even when he has to carry a line by himself, give credit where credit is due. And by the way, spectacular goaltending last night from Cam Talbot. That comes to us from Rick and Sherpark Park. It, you know what? I, I gotta say this. I I read all the guys. You know what? I read the the guys from the cult of hockey. You know, Kurt Levins and Bruce and David Staples, and I read Matheson and I read Tichkowski, and I hear some of the other. I don't think there's a loss of appreciation for the Edmonton market for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think that the people that are around the team that cover the team on a day-to-day basis or blog about the team or write about the team, you know, we had Daniel Nugent Bowman on the other day from The Athletic, they get it with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I, th- I I don't get the sense that there's not an appreciation for how special a uh, player he is. He's a really good player and a very unselfish guy as well. Uh Uh, I used to be embarrassed by Burke when he said he would have had taken Riley first overall, uh, and didn't want him to wear that hat for real Burkey, You're way smarter than I will ever be loved yak. But, and, uh, that one comes to us from Jonathan up in, is it Knighton junction? Is that where that is? Is that how it's pronounced, Knighton, or I believe it's pronounced Knighton Junction, which is what in northern Alberta near is that near Fowler? Where is that? Uh, Again, you can text us at six thirty. Six thirty. All right. Today was a big day uh, for the uh, Oilers Entertainment Group, for Hockey Canada, for the City of Edmonton, and the City of Red Deer, as maybe the worst kept secret in sport was that Edmonton and Red Deer were going to be co-hosting the twenty twenty one World Juniors. It's awesome that's coming to town. Of course, we've got the. We just wrapped up the first of three Halinkas that are going to take place: 2018, 2020, 2022. Tom Rennie is the Oilers' former head coach. He is the CEO of Hockey Canada, and we had a, a sit-down conversation with him after today's media availability over at the Hall of Fame room at Rogers Place. Let's get to our conversation. Well, Tom, uh, so you're back in Alberta again, back in Edmonton again. Uh, Hobbit, you know, it's it's obviously a great thing uh, for the for the city of Edmonton, the city of Red Deer. Why does it work for Hockey Canada as well?
1: well Works for us because of the, the the message that we want to send in general, Bob, and I've reiterated this a couple of times this morning already. Is that we really and truly need to get children playing, and I, as do you, um, we love hockey, uh, you know. So we like hockey to be the choice, of, you know, the sport of choice, if you will. Um, that being said, it, it works for us from that point of view. It's a real great vehicle, you know, to get kids in the sport and aspire to to be something, maybe an NHL player or a, a women's national team player, maybe a doctor, maybe a school teacher, whatever the case may be. But we really I believe that this event um, it really does, in fact, showcase what's good about Canadians uh, and our citizenship. And I'm not talking so much about the team on the ice. I'm talking about two host committees that will be outstanding. talking about a volunteer group that will be second to none for sure. I've lived in this province a long time. I know that. Uh, at the end of the day, it serves Hockey Canada in a number of ways. First and foremost, getting people out, getting active, and being great Canadians. All right.
0: The timing in terms of where the ice district is going to be at, that works as well, at least from an Edmonton-centric perspective.
1: That, it Sure. Does it, it? I mean, it couldn't be better. You, you know, when that's all done, find me a better venue in the world. Uh, you know, to do this than Edmonton. Um, you know, I, I hope others follow suit. Um, you know, and, and continue to recognize that you know their venues are important to the growth and development of their citizenship as well. Uh, Edmonton just sort of leads the league, if you will, in, in doing that. So, you know, with this whole venue, this whole area being uh, built up the way it has, Bob, I can't imagine a single federation, uh, a single me- member of a, of a fan base from anywhere in the world coming in here and not being duly impressed by what they've been able to experience.
0: We're joined by Hockey Canada CEO Tom Rennie, Bob Stauffer. The last time Edmonton hosted this, uh, in conjunction with Calgary, mm-hmm. we were working together. You we were the head coach yeah. of the team the second year at the Oilers. That's right, yeah. uh, so we didn't really get to uh, experience it because we were on the road a whole bunch during that time. Um, but... Is it too simple to say, hey, it's in Canada, it's going to be successful, that's just the way it is because that's our... path. Is that too simplistic of an approach? Because there's a lot of work that's got to get done for these sort of things to be effective events.
1: You know what, Bob? Appreciate the comment, and and yes, it is a little bit too simplistic a statement. Uh, These things don't just happen by the snap of your fingers. It takes an awful lot of work. It takes a deep-keel commitment from your government. Uh, There's no question about that. It takes a deep-keel commitment from the communities involved, without a doubt. It takes a deep-keel commitment from volunteers to lend their time in uh, a philanthropic way, um, you know, to, to make sure that events like this are pulled off. Organizing all of that is an incredible effort, no question of that. And we don't do that alone as Hockey Canada, believe me, and I know you know that. So the bottom line here is that we have to understand that this takes an awful lot of hard work. Uh, we'll stand in front of things uh, when it goes bad, and we'll stand behind all those groups that I just mentioned when it goes well. So we, regardless, we understand the responsibility that we take on as Hockey Canada. You know,
0: it's interesting because because you came from a coaching background which is not to say you didn't have a feel for business but how much have you grown personally in the role sort of on that other end of things and I realize you've got a lot of support there but at the end of the day you still got to be able to shake hands and kiss a lot of babies with this job
1: well and and you have to make sense of it and you can't just throw numbers out because it sounds good you've got to be able to back that up with fact you know and and, and with all of that and and, and I guess where it's easy for me is that I can speak from my heart and and mean what I say, what I did have to do and continue to do Bob is, is, is Learned this business from from the old Jean Shop days in right. Trail, British Columbia a long time ago, to what it is now, and I've loved it. And that's where the people like Scott Smith and Dean McIntosh, Brian Cairo, Mike Ross, our entire team at Hockey Canada, uh, really do prop me up. And and I don't mean that by any less uh, in anyone's estimation, other than my own. I, I they're just so good, you know. And it's it's like a good coaching staff. It's like your staff at the radio station. You've got really great people around
0: you, Bob. So I give them that much
1: credit. And you tap and you tap into them, you know. And you've got to do that if you want. Maximize yourself.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, with all seriousness here, I mean, there's a uh, there's an incredible amount of pressure on the, the Canadian kids playing at home. Mm-hmm. But is that a pressure that Hockey Canada embraces? I mean, mean, how much work gets done in that regard with the kids? And is that even part of the process in terms of the selection of the team?
1: It is. There's no question. I mean, you know, I can tell you that's one of the big reasons why the Western Hockey League is popular to us because their players mimic that National Hockey League schedule, if you will, and the pressure that goes along with that. I I look at pressure personally as a privilege, Um, you know, and it, it means that you're in a position to do something extraordinary or overcome something extraordinary, whatever the case may be. And I think we all identify with that. That's just being Canadian. Um, You know, and if you look around the world at uh, how we're revered for our citizenship and how we go about our business on a daily basis. Quietly competitive, uh, but no less competitive than anybody else on the planet. And I can tell you right now, we at Hockey Canada, and those of us in hockey, including yourself, are competitive.
0: And we expect to have results, and that comes with the territory. Uh, i, I got to ask you this just in terms of a philosophical approach, because I see a bit of a shift. The makeup of the teams is, you know, Canada won five gold medals uh, back in the 90s. Those were heavy teams, right? But everybody, there's been a real shift of skill and skill development are we building different types of teams for this event as well uh,
1: I think we are and, and, and Bob if you look back to Nagano for example in 1998 after the 94 Olympic Games where we we put a team together that each line sort of had a job um, in 98 we, we had said, better results in 92 and 94 than we did in 98 people forget about and, that but I'm going to tell you we threw one in the dirt in 98 because what happened after that has been extraordinary and all we've ever done is said we're putting as much skill on the ice as we possibly can here's our skill here's our talent we know the character in there. We know we know how to check but beat this. And that has seemed to be in the blueprint you know, moving forward that's been very successful for us. And I think that's a testimony to uh, the development of our sport across the country um, to coaches and administrators and referees and and, uh, mom managers and all that kind of stuff. Paying attention to children playing the game to the point where skill and the artistry of playing the game is okay. We'll always have the emotional connection.
0: Tom, you got a, a process where kids get involved at 15, 16, 17 but it doesn't preclude them from not being invited as 19-year-olds. And we have an illustration of that this year with Brett Leeson, whose father, by the way, and John can attest to this, was probably the best Canadian quarterback we ever saw play, and a late bloomer, just like Brett. And, and so there's a guy that was never on your guys' radar screen. So does that speak to the openness of the approach that you guys have in terms of bringing kids in in the selection kit? Uh,
1: absolutely. And, and any youngster out there that's maybe been um, released from a team, whether it's in Adam or Bantam or me. Mid- or junior, whatever the case may be, don't give up. Um, you know this is a classic example of a youngster that just believed in himself, uh, believed in what he was all about, uh, continued to ply his trade to the best of his ability, not someone else's, and he made a mark. And this is a great example of us making, making sure that we keep an open mind. I think it's a testimony to Brad McEwen and, and his and his scouting skills and his staff to recognize that you know you may not be on the radar today, but you certainly can be tomorrow, provided we're prepared to put the work in. To Find those kids, and mission accomplished.
0: One final one for you and that pertains to the Oilers: the only player that's still with the team from when you were coaching the team is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, right. a guy who actually, after playing for you uh, that year, ended up with the Canadian World Junior team right. during the lockout year. Does it surprise you at all to see him continue to grow and mature as a player and be, you know, a tremendous two-way guy that's been a, a, a team-first player?
1: Right there. Um, you know, th- this is a, this is a great human for sure. I think what Nugent's done has made it very clear that he was a legitimate first overall. He's made it very clear that he's a teammate, first and foremost. Made it very clear that he's diverse enough to play any of the forward positions. Um, And he's also one of those guys that does the thinking for, many times, for other guys on the ice. Um, Nuge is here for a reason. And he's one hell of a human being, for starters, and is a great oiler. And you could see that right away when you had him? No question. I I thought we should have sent him back to Red Deer. Um, After we played our exhibition game, wherever we were in Saskatchewan, If you remember? I thought to myself, Oops, um, I don't think so. Yeah.
0: And, well, he was pretty good that year 52 points in 62 games. And Outstanding. Close to a point per game. Tom, it's going to be terrific. We're going to get a chance to do this again. Thank you for yep. your time. My pleasure, Bob. Good to see you. It's former Evans Oilers head coach, now CEO of Hockey Canada, Tom Rennie. So he had some initial thoughts on Nugent Hopkins that year in 2011, and then first uh, exhibition game, I think that was in Regina that year. He's like, nope, he's going to be on our team. And if you recall, Nugent Hopkins was a house on fire early, finished with 52 points in 62 games. Then the next year, the lockout year, uh, started down in Oklahoma City and then went off with the World Junior Team to Russia. And deep into Russia All right, uh, we will wrap up Oilers Now when we come back after this.
1: Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast.
0: Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcast. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, quick couple of texts here in our Heartland 4 text line. Brian from the YYC says, you know, Calgary, just as Stoffer, Alberta is west of Red Deer, Knighton Junction is west of Emmett, about 40 minutes away. Yes, thank you to all of you that participated uh, in that. (coughs) Sending us texts on that front. To this day in order's history, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with... New West Travel. Visit NewWestTravel.com for all your vacation dreams. Brendan Escott, what do you got? Oh, Bob, this day in 2006, the Craig McTavish-led Oilers got goals from Brad Winchester, Captain Jason Smith, and Fernando Pisani to win 3-1 over the Carolina Hurricanes, the team that they fell to in the Stanley Cup Final, of course, earlier in that same year. It was the only meeting of the season between the teams and their first regular season matchup in three years, and the late Mick Magoo ref that game. Wow. Uh, the Oilers would have flipped that 3-1 game with the 3-1 game they lost in Game 7 on the Stanley Cup Final in Carolina. Tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, Bob Nicholson will be one of his guests. More from today's Hockey Canada announcement in conjunction with uh, the City of Edmonton, the City of Red Deer, the Province of Alberta. What else does Reed have? He's got uh, play play by play man for the Red Deer Rebels, Cam Moon. He's got Kelly Rudy from NHL Hockey on Rogers and Eskimos receiver Kenny Stafford is going to talk about the locker room sale as well. All right, there you go. Uh, well, Cam Moon, great guy. Um, so is Kelly Rudy. Just need to put that out there. Tomorrow from NHL hockey and Rogers our lead insider Elliot Friedman for the River Creek Resort and Casino. Up next, uh, news, weather and traffic update with Carrie McCarthy, followed by the 630 Chat Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. We leave you with Eddie Veteran Hard Sun.
1: Once I built an ivory tower So I could worship from above When I climbed down to be set free She took me in again as a bee